0: Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Wakis-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. This week on The Entrepreneurial You, we zoom in on the great work of Michelle Chung, CEO and co-founder of Honey Bond Limited. And in our vox pop, we ask, what do you think entrepreneurs sacrifice in order to run a business? Plus, residential real estate and banks being caught up in the home buying frenzy, we explore in our Trending Now segment. And in our startup stories, Kimberly Fisher and r Care is under the SME spotlight. This and more on today's episode of The Entrepreneurial You. You're tuned in to The Entrepreneurial You podcast with Hennika Watkins-Porter, the Jamaican podcast queen, author, international speaker, coach, and entrepreneur. Since I launched this podcast in 2017, each week I have featured a global high-impact entrepreneur and leader, to motivate, inspire, and educate you as you scale and grow your business. If you are new here, some of these guests have been Lisa Nichols, Richard Branson, John Lee Dumas, Paul Carrick Branson, Seth Golding, etc. In 2022, I will continue to bring you the best and the brightest, but of course, I'm shifting things up a bit, I will be focusing more on Game Changers who are from the Caribbean and African Diaspora. Additionally, I recently had a dream come true where I'm now hosting the TV edition of the Entrepreneurial U. Yay! This airs on Business Access TV, which is available in 14 Caribbean islands. I will also be sharing these episodes with you via this podcast. So as you will notice, the guests are the same ilk that you have grown accustomed to on the podcast, but they are mainly from Jamaica. You'll also notice that the TV edition has a different format with other elements included, which were formatted for a TV audience. So things like trending now, a vox pop, business tips, startup stories, and of course, the main interview. Those um, segments have been added to make it, you know, more robust and suited for TV. And I trust that this, although formatted for TV, will translate into a great audio experience for you. Please enjoy listening as much as I enjoy bringing them to you. The Entrepreneur You Podcast is sponsored by HennekaWatkeSporter.com and the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Want to unleash the entrepreneur within you? Keep listening. And when you're through, please head over to HennekaWatkeSporter.com for more episodes, blogs, and other useful content. Here's today's episode. But first, a quick word from the Jamaica Stock Exchange.
1: We needed
2: to raise capital but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange.
3: Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange.
0: It's time to unleash the entrepreneurial spirit in you. Time to take that step towards leading and excelling in life and business. Whether you're starting with an idea or you're looking to scale up, there's something here for everyone. So follow me on this journey of unleashing and celebrating the entrepreneur in you this week on the entrepreneurial you we zoom in on the great work of michelle chung ceo and co-founder of honey Bond limited and in our vox pop we ask what do you think entrepreneurs sacrifice in order to run a business plus residential real estate and banks being caught up in the home buying frenzy we explore in our trending now segments and in our startup stories, Kimberly Fisher and ArcGT Care is under the SME spotlight. This and more on today's episode of the Entrepreneurial You. As a young woman, Michelle Chung went from being a full time teacher to becoming the manager of a manufacturing company, all in a short time. She got an early start into an industry that she wasn't prepared for, but was sure to dominate. Michelle spent over three decades dedicating and reapplying her early learned skills to the growth and development of her family business, a business that has served them well. With a bachelor's degree focused in arts and mathematics from York University, as well as a degree in psychology from the University of the West Indies, this past president of the Jamaica Exports Association's diverse background has set her up for her more current roles as a business coach, mentor, employee trainer, and business development facilitator. Today, Michelle is able to merge her two passions, teaching and business management, where her experience and success in the food and beverage sector, coupled with her leadership qualities from her days in education, are helping to steer small and medium enterprise owners into the right direction as young entrepreneurs. What methods and processes does this boss lady apply to her business? And how has she been able to maintain them? We're about to find out. Serving her industry with pride, passion, and purpose a business mogul michelle chung co-founder of the successful honeybone limited and 2016 business suite businesswoman of the year is one high performing female leader with over 35 years at the helm of a baking company that has not only stood the test of time but continues to ace the test of quality after so many years in business how does one reinvent themselves and re-establish their brand to become a transformational force michelle tells us how as we talk entrepreneurship politics and philanthropic work michelle it is such a pleasure to be hosting you today for this conversation thank you henneke it's my pleasure my Uh, privilege actually (laughs) absolutely so let's get into entrepreneurship when did you know that you wanted to become an entrepreneur
2: Actually, I think it's a very cultural thing. I don't think one just always wake up and say, I want to be a nurse or a doctor or an Mm. entrepreneur, okay? Right. It's where life takes you. So I was married in 1982, and my husband bought a business. I was a teacher at the time, and it was only a natural Natural for your husband to say, Come on, work in the business. In <laughs> the <of>
0: Chinese culture. <laughs> Indeed. So, Michelle, your husband invited you to you know, be in business with him. What business was that? This was Honeybun, actually. Oh, the same. That, that was 19- bon 1982. Oh my gosh. Yes. A From 1982 ago. until now. Mm-hmm. That's what, over 35 Five years. Isn't that Oh my gosh. My <laughs> God. All right. So, mm-hmm. In those early days at Honeybun, right, I want you to kind of take us into that space. What was it like, one for you as a as an entrepreneur, you know, for the very first time getting your feet wet, and also what the business itself was about at that time? Okay, so as with most entrepreneurs, when you just start
2: a business, you're mm-hmm. wearing all the hats.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep,
2: you're doing everything. In fact, I remember a story where we had a cake decorator, and we took orders for wedding cakes which he would normally do Mm. and we had this order and he quit so here we had an order for somebody's wedding and we didn't have a cake decorator well Michelle goes and buys some cake decorating books And it was a beautiful wedding cake. Oh, wow. So you actually learned. (laughs) I learned very
0: quickly how to decorate cakes. Nothing like on-the-job training, right? (laughs) That was real on-the-job. Right, real on-the-job. So that was your, you know, getting your feet wet and so on. But the business itself. Take us a little into, you know, the genesis of it. Um, What was the staff compliment like? How did you build your team? Things like those.
2: You know, in those days, you didn't really think like that. You just took one day at a time. It was Mm -hmm. just about. You know what needs to be done today. Well, you need to open up. You need to schedule the staff. So you weren't think You were I was just twenty-two, so I wasn't thinking so much about the future like business people nowadays perhaps think. Mm-hmm. I was just taking it one day at a time, and I had
0: my first child that year too. So it was a busy year. <laughs> so hmm, you you had your child that year. You are twenty-two. You you just leave teaching and you're into business. Um, I'm kind of baffled, so just thinking just thinking about it, not knowing anything about entrepreneurship. You know, how did you get through day by day, day to day? Okay, so I remember there were days when
2: the baby's playpen was in the office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, you're doing everything mm-hmm. just the same. And you just have to make do whatever faces you. You have to make do. Mm-hmm. So the the business was such that we inherited the culture of the previous owner,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which was not ideal now that I know more about business because the workers were almost doing things the way they're accustomed. There's no training. Mm-hmm. There's no set rules or standards. It was just, you know, they just come to work and they do what they're doing. So it was a long
0: learning curve for for us so you kind of alluded to it a bit earlier but i want to kind of get a sense of how has the business landscape changed from when you set foot you know there to now. what has been that transformation like
2: i think what it is is that i'm the type of person who always want to do things the right way Mm -hmm. so i think that was a big thing for the business so just wanting to do things the right way without shortcut meant that i eventually learned that you know we need to document more processes so that people can follow instructions so there was a lot of documentation involved and it served me well because when we did our HACCP certification program or food safe international food safety pro, food safety program it was a lot about documenting Mm-hmm. So it might seem dull to some people, but it works. Even in a new business I'm doing now, mm-hmm. documentation. As soon as we talk about something and we need to do something, we write the standard operating procedures. Document,
0: systemize. Yes. And, and so on. And so, repeat it. And repeat that, right? So that
2: you can keep repeating it and then you find other things that you want to improve on. Mm-hmm. So it's
0: a, a matter of continuous improvement. All right, so 35 years in business, what would you say, give me two or so key points that you think account for that longevity um, in business?
2: Well, the first one is always about planning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess this was just a part of who I was, why I would document what my plans were for this year. Mm -hmm. Write it down, don't just keep it in your head. So I wrote it down and as I grew more, I started to put timelines on things that I needed to achieve Mm -hmm. over the year. So it wasn't just planning, it was also meeting timelines and, you know, it was much later now that I learned how important it was to be able to hire other people to take on more responsibility and relieve you Mm -hmm. of those responsibilities. I wish I'd learned it a little bit earlier, but it is what it is. And no, I would say that's one of the most important things. Just find talent and let them help you and support you, so you're not wearing that single hat that everybody's
0: hat all the time. Yeah, I mean, and you say that, but it's easier said than done as an entrepreneur yes. because. We all think about you know we have our, our babies and we don't want we only we think that we're the only one who can do it right only one. So take us through the mindset that you um, that you went through the frame of mind that you had when you recognized um, that you had to take on other people to do other things because you just can't do it all right. How how was that for you? How did it you was challenging it? Mm-hmm. because
2: you know I always figured that and I think it wasn't till the last couple of years that I learned that. As my coach told me, you deprive them of the opportunity to learn when you do the things for them. So you really have to step back and allow them to fall a little bit Mm. and you pick them up, you dust them off and you go again. So it's a learning curve to just constantly be delegating the things that you do to other people in fact i was told by my coach to write down all the things i do know that i'm going to be delegating in the next two months mm-hmm. so i made my list and i said okay i'm not gonna do this i'm not gonna do that and you have to learn that and this is when you begin to learn that talent when you hire talent it helps a lot mm-hmm. so this is something i've been improving on over the years just to be able to hire more talent be very focused on what you want
0: them to achieve and hold them accountable for it right and and, and the importance too is what I'm picking up from you of coaching
1: mm-hmm.
0: right you know it doesn't matter how good you think you are Yes, I think we all need to have a coach for so many of the 35 years I operated
2: without a coach mm-hmm. because of course you couldn't afford one that was the case for everything but could you afford not to have one mm-hmm. that's another question so perspective now, is
0: everything huh? yes mm-hmm.
2: yes so now I think that there's a lot more available for people. There's online training, there's free online training. Those weren't available before. Mm-hmm. So you gotta take advantage of all that is available to you and just constantly be learning because nobody knows everything mm-hmm. and I can always
0: be learning something new. So what would you say young entrepreneurs today are lacking that you know, it's actually pre- preventing them from getting to their full potential? You know, Henneke, I think one of the things is something that maybe uh,
2: SMEs don't love to hear, mm. but they just absolutely have to engage corporate governance. Mm. You know, it sounds like, what's corporate governance? Yeah, it sounds like a very big yes, thing like and it's going to cost them a whole lot. Yes, and, yes. No, Really, it's just doing the right thing all the time. Mm-hmm. Governance, you know? what is, What are the rules of the company? You know, so I remember it was quite early in Honeybun's year that I found that if you, we, it was just start it started off with two very casual directors who came into weekly meetings and had discussions with us and one of those persons is now one of our directors so we would just have lunch once a week that's how casual it was you require really look at that and say it's governance but guess what, we spoke about the business we spoke about the things we were going to do as a um, to improve the business. And so that was where it started. We would meet every week. we talk about what we were going to do, what we needed to do, and it evolved. And we invited one or two other persons. And before long, my accountant was saying to me that, you know, you guys have to go on the stock exchange because you're already doing the things that a company should do. So we were writing reports. We were having meetings. We were engaging other persons in the business to also give reports so you're never too small to start
0: governance even if it's a launch so the importance of getting it right from you know from right. as early as possible because you're building a strong foundation absolutely and if you don't have our foundation right then you're going to grow and crumble mm-hmm. time to take our first break more conversations and insights from the co-founder and ceo of honeybond the entrepreneurial you will be right back Welcome back to the entrepreneurial you? Welcome back to the entrepreneurial you. With me today is Michelle Chung of Honey Bone. Alright, so what's it like for you during this time operating in the pandemic? Um, everybody's faced with these, you know, in these trying times. What is it like for Honey Bon?
2: so henneke thank god we're in a good industry we're in an industry where we provide food so that's good so it has not been as bad for us as it would be for those businesses Mm -hmm. that lost a lot of business okay so the challenges we've had have more to do with how it has affected our staff Mm -hmm. their turnout transportation during the curfews so that's where most of the impact has been but the staff have been so supportive they're coming out mm-hmm. but of course you have people who get sick so we've had a lot of sick in terms of attendance especially this year especially this year so you know everybody's sick with flu mm-hmm. so um, that, that's that been the major challenge just keeping our staff available for work right. I mean we started to do transportation pick up of staff at their homes for various shifts because the bus wasn't running and I think that, and we spoke about foundation before, part of our foundation also had to do with food safety because we were very high on food safety being an internationally food certified company, up. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the things that we were already doing served us through the pandemic
0: because we were already looking at food safety before. All right. And some of those things, I mean, we talked about systems in general before. Uh, In addition to the HACCP certification and all of that, what systems did you already have or implemented during the pandemic um, that you think, you know, uh, allow you to keep afloat?
2: Well, one of the systems that we implemented was separation or segregation of staff on different lines. Mm -hmm. So we had to implement color-coded headwear Mm -hmm. so that you had all the cake people in one area. And of course, you look at the cameras and if you see a, a pink hat in a blue area, that would be like a, an alarm so that if anyone should get sick, it would be confined to the
0: line that they were on. So that was one of the things. Wow, that, that is pretty. I mean, it sounds very simple, mm-hmm. but it seems very effective as well. Mm-hmm. Let's turn our attention a bit to um, a little politics, right? Um, how do you think or what do you think about the government's handling of um, anything to do with pandemic at this time? Well, I'm just thanking God I'm not in
2: government because (laughs) I would like to be at the helm to make those tough decisions they're making. Mm -hmm. And my philosophy is nobody's perfect. There's no one right answer. And so if I don't like it, it doesn't mean that my opinion is right. I just lift my hat to whoever has to make those decisions because they're tough. They're tough decisions. Mm -hmm. And I suppose the natural thing to do would be to follow the global standards so who am I to complain? I don't know more than them. And I can only say we have to be forgiven if they didn't make the right steps
0: because none of us have experienced anything like this before. And I think what your response and you know, this, this, this talk about what the government is doing or not doing and so on, it, it shifts us now into leadership as it relates to entrepreneurship. When you started out as a leader, how would you define yourself? How, has you, how have you transitioned? And what kind of leader are you now? <laughs> it's oh, a loaded a, that's, question. That's okay. Right? <laughs>
2: that's my kind of question. <laughs> so I think that when 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 I just started off, of course, you know, it was just being a manager. Mm-hmm. I don't think I understood what true leadership was. So you're just a manager, of course. You know, if you were kind to people at times, all the time, you would get far because you find people work for you. They like you. Do they do more for you? But more recently, I've really learned a lot more about leadership and influence Mm -hmm. of people, how to get leadership down to the supervisors, down to to everyone in your organization can be a leader. So that is something that I'm really passionate about, developing leadership throughout the organization. Mm -hmm. In fact, Honeybun has now hired someone who their role is just to develop leadership throughout the company. Mm-hmm. So that's something I'm recently so excited about. Right. Just developing that leadership skill throughout the organization.
0: So what kind of leader would you say you are now? Me? Yes. No? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think. Uh-huh. <laughs> that I'm purposeful because you have, as a leader, you need a purpose. Mm -hmm. So my purpose is really to continue to teach. And so it was through the Honeybond Foundation. You're not giving up teaching,
0: right? No, I'm not giving up
2: (laughs) teaching. I was born a teacher. (laughs) Okay. Yes. So through the Honeybond Foundation, you know, we are working with small and medium-sized entrepreneurs to be able to help them to do business easier by developing the models Mm -hmm. that they need to be able to follow so that you know they don't have to wait till they're so many years old before they start to succeed we want them to succeed now Mm -hmm. so the other thing as it relates to leadership is that you know we call it networking and very often I will call it collaborating Mm -hmm. so how is it you're gonna work with the people that you're meeting on a day-to-day basis and I often speak about Collaboration almost being the opposite
0: of competition. Mm-hmm. So we all
2: <laughs> love to I compete. compete I remember that
0: conversation we had for your business math on Exim Bank. Right? Yes. Competition uh, versus collaboration. Right. right. Yes. Same, yes. Same story. <laughs> you have to be able to
2: collaborate because we're mm-hmm. a small country. Mm-hmm. We don't compete with each other. We compete with the world because the market is the world. Absolutely. So if you as a baker and I'm a baker, we can come together and make something then we can export more. Collaboration is something that I really am passionate about. Mm -hmm. So when the Honeybone Foundation launched, we launched with two legs. One was collaboration and the other one was leadership. So those two words are very near and dear to my heart. And to be able to help other businesses Mm. helps me to fulfill my purpose. Which is? Which is to, through the foundation, to develop business models for SMEs and the creative industry in Jamaica to make us more, um, to earn more as a company and improve our business well. Because, you know, as a previous president of the Jamaica Exporters Association, I feel very passionate about Jamaica exporting, earning more foreign exchange. So if we can develop the models for companies to be able to do that better, then that's
0: what my purpose is. So obviously your foundation is fulfilling that, you know, there's a gap somewhere yes. as it relates to entrepreneurship. Um, what do you see that gap to be? I know you want to hear more on that from Michelle. We will have the details when we return from this quick break. You're watching The Entrepreneurial You. My guest for today, CEO of Honey Honeybun Limited, Michelle Chong.
2: There were a number of things. Mm-hmm. And I've narrowed it down to four. And the first one I found was training was not something that business people have. They just have a talent, and they just want to go into business to make money out of the talent. And they do a good job of their talent, but they're not business savvy. So they needed more training. So what we did in a way to collaborate was we put all the training that existed on the ecosystem on one platform, the honeyburnfoundation.com so that people could go there to find the training that they need mm-hmm. instead of going to the yellow pages. I don't know how people <laughs> find out what they need to do. Getting a degree. <laughs> people just needed quick right. ways to find out where to go for training. How much is it going to cost? When is it? So that was the first thing. There was a lack of collaborated training for businesses. Mm-hmm. The second one was, uh, and I always thought about this because I did an interview one with one of the organizations and they were supposed to assist the businesses through, mm-hmm. through the JEA on finding out what their business needed to do or improve. So I said, well, test Honeybond first. So they did. And the report took about 60 days to come back to me. And then at the end of it, they told me everything I told them about my business. They just regurgitated it. I don't remember what they told me to do. So it occurred to me that we needed to develop a quick way to do an analysis of a business. So I identified 12 major areas of business. And uh, what we did was we got a, um, when we spoke to the computer persons who were gonna write the app for us, they loved the program so much that they sponsored it. <laughs> they wow. wrote the CAF app for us. Um, Neary For oh. us, yes. Yes, I know them. So, yeah. yeah so, um, you go onto the app, you download it, and you ask. The app, we ask you about 15 or 20 questions. And then it returns to you a score on each area of your business. So you either get a red with a 20% score or you get a green with a 80% score. So you knew what areas in your business you need to work on because many business owners, they don't know what they're doing wrong. They don't know what they don't know. So they keep
0: repeating. Yes. Yes. They may not know there's something called corporate governance. Right. There is, um, according to, so we know Abraham Maslow for the hierarchy. Right. He talks about the four stages of learning, right? Yes. So the first stage is unconscious, um, incompetence. Okay. You don't know that you don't know. Right.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Right. So at the end of the, um, at the end of the gap app where you answer the question it tells you also which organizations will help you to improve on those shortcomings that you have so it's free so that was the next thing that i've you know we figured that we needed to do have this sort of service for those businesses to understand what they needed to do Mm -hmm. the third one which is kind of exciting because we're just um, launching our first cohort is an advisory committee for businesses so each company, we just took on nine new companies through the Honeybone Foundation, and we give them three business leaders in different areas. So one company might have someone in accounts, marketing, distribution, but they get three advisors who will meet with them on a frequency to be agreed. Usually it's 12 months, the period is 12 months right now, and they meet every other month. They help them with their financial reporting so that they can run their business like a business it's surprising how many of them are kind of just going through the motion it, yeah just winging it
0: yeah and that's what we start entrepreneurship like many of yes. us um so we're not you know we're out of many one people right but not all of us are chinese so we don't have that culture of um businesses mm-hmm. and we just kind of we're not from that culture of you know start a business and you try and excel in it we just kind of wing it it's just recently though I we think, think our exactly talent wrong. is enough. Yeah, we think our talent is enough. And I think too, particularly for creative people, I think one of the challenges is that you have this mindset that you know your work your creative work is not for sale. And you feel you hear this argument of people selling out, particularly those in creative industries. They don't want to sell out because um, you know they're doing it for the love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I can't pay the bills. No. And that's a very keen point for me because mm-hmm. I believe
2: that our creative industry in Jamaica is our main competitive advantage? Absolutely, we cannot compete with China and manufacturing, Silicon Valley with IT. So, what what are we gonna do? Use what we have. We use what we have, and we're the most creative culture. You know, we have other countries coming into the space. Now we see Africa coming mm-hmm. into the space. Mm-hmm. We have Korea who came in with Gangnam Style, mm-hmm. right? But you know, are you're, you're,
0: you're very current. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so, so we, yeah. we
2: have to find a way to monetize those creative industries. We have to. So that's one of the things the foundation is working actively to do.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Michelle, um, hearing you talk about the foundation, the Honeybun Foundation, it seems as if it's the best kept secret because, mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard about it before, yes. right? But I'm not sure how many um, entrepreneurs in Jamaica are actually aware of it. Okay. So. I think now is a good time for you just to share a little more, um, you know, about where I think you did give a website before, yes. but just share a little more in, you know, in depth right. about that.
2: Okay. So we have a website called mm-hmm. thehoneybunfoundation.com. So that's where you can go to see the training calendar. You'll get information about the Gap app as well. And what we're doing with the advisory board, which was a third model we've developed, Mm -hmm. is we're working with other organizations to adopt the model. So um, you may experience the advisory committee model at some point and not even know that it's Honeybun that has been putting together the framework for what are the best practices for advisory committees. Mm -hmm. Because we did a test with 10 companies and uh, maybe 30 advisors and we had feedback. So we developed the standard for best practice for advisory committees. A lot of times people had a one-on-one mentor, a one-on-one coach, but that coach was not necessarily rounded in all the skills that a business needed. So we've developed a best practice model. So that was a third model. And the fourth one that we have yet to complete now, and this is our second year in, in business is or back office support. And so we will use that particularly for the creative industry. So the things that they can't do well, they have to understand them, but they don't have to do them. So they don't have to necessarily keep their finances, but when somebody gives them their results, they need to be able to say something doesn't look right here or, or ask the right question. So that's the back office support that we will develop as a model. <laughs> so coming back to why you started to ask the question, it's about my passion. So. That's my passion. I'm still a teacher. Yeah, (laughs) and you've
0: touched on finances, but we have to go to the break and I'm going to come back to that. Stay with us. More on the Entrepreneurial You when we come back. We soon come. Welcome back, Michelle Chung, CEO and co founder of Honeybun, sharing the sweet stuff. Thank you, Henika. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so before the break, we touched a little on finance, and we alluded to the fact that we want to talk about that. So, in the Jamaican landscape for entrepreneurs, I have seen in conversation you know, in conversation that that's one of the biggest um, challenge and, yes. and, and and factors you know factor really preventing entrepreneurs from moving forward. Yes. What has been your observation? My observation, as it relates to other companies or work with other companies, it, well, just work in general with entrepreneurs, particularly okay. even you know yes. so as you interact yes. with entrepreneurs.
2: Well, they have a difficulty accepting it as something that they really need Mm -hmm. they just kind of are very hands off and then when you start to work with them you know it's not something they love to do
1: Mm -hmm. they
2: just want to do what they love to do and they don't want to work with the, the financial side of things so
0: back office right they need support so that's from the perspective of they not the entrepreneurs themselves not wanting to do it perhaps because they really don't know how to do it yes believe it or not i don't like to do anything at all with finance like as an entrepreneur for all these years they don't want to do it Mm -hmm. so that's one thing but there's also the other aspect of not being able to get funding for your business oh boy oh (laughs) (laughs) that's a big one right so let's talk about what the jamaica what obtains in jamaica is it are we on the right trajectory do we need to shift things up a bit what what say you i don't know that i'm the expert to to, to speak on
2: this matter but i know as it relates that, to that let's let's, yes. let's zone it in as it relates to yes. the banking structure okay.
0: and all of that right.
2: yes so you know i've been working with entrepreneurs now mm-hmm. for a couple of years and i've also been on boards that speak about finance and I understood the banks when they say, well, you know, SMEs aren't ready for finance because they don't have the financials and they don't have the documents, they don't have any records, etc. So I said, fine, I agree, I accept. So now after working two years with SMEs, I have brought a couple of SMEs up who are, who are now doing their bookkeeping properly. They have their projections, they have their business plans. And Henneke, I'm also now investing in farming. So I, was also, I also made an example of myself to prepare the work as a CEO of Honeybun with experience that I have for 35 years to apply for a loan. And Michelle Chong, CEO of Honeybun, mm-hmm. helped to prepare the projections and the cash flow and the, all the documents, the marketing, the business plan. And when you take it to the bank and you think you're ready now, maybe, I, maybe there's something I missed. I don't know. But the banks are going to take forever they're going to go back and forth so they have a process in in the uh, in the process in the process they ask you for these documents to Mm -hmm. be able to give you a pre-approval which you need to be able to finalize the sale of the Mm -hmm. property or the business and you know they don't have any problem giving you the pre-approval but guess what the pre-approval really don't say anything because after that Mm -hmm. that's when they start to ask for your dna your dna <laughs> and <laughs> your when police record all yes the waste, yes right? so remember now you know to do the deposit on the business or the property mm-hmm. i had to get a lawyer i had to get a valuation i had to pay legal fees as i've said before and there were a number of other fees to pay mm-hmm. so if they decline you
0: all that money is going to in the smoke yeah right.
2: right so so why don't they put more emphasis on a longer period to give you a pre-approval so you know that okay they've asked me for 10,000 documents and I've gotten a pre-approval so let me put the deposit now pay the lawyer get the valuation Mm -hmm. so it's just really messed up because companies the couple of companies that I have worked with and brought them to the face to apply for the loan one of them has said to me they can't bother do this this is just taking too much out of them to give them these Things that they want after the initial set of things they want then they're going to keep coming back with all sorts of things and sometimes nine months or more later
0: you're still on this path to try to get a loan mm-hmm. and and so it seems to me that the banks were saying initially that the smes are not ready and perhaps they weren't ready maybe they weren't ready but they've now taken the necessary steps to be ready yes yet there is something else yes and so many times i see um different um, divisions within the bank promoting um themselves as you know sme friendly when in fact smes are having all these challenges so what needs to be done in your mind michelle well you to know shift this I think there definitely has to be a concerted
2: genuine effort mm-hmm. to resolve this issue the fact that the banks have their hands tied because and they genuine have,
0: effort by who may I ask
2: I'm not gonna say <laughs> <laughs> yes because I think that there are people who are genuinely interested but you just the needle just won't move it's mm-hmm. gonna need a strong leader to fight for that so you know it's like how we had to fight for end of slavery. We have to fight for recognition of these SMEs who are ready to take the risk. I mean, I had adequate security for the loan. So I'm not saying that they didn't. They they declined me fully. But mm-hmm. it was a long road. Mm-hmm. And I could have given up a long time ago. So I invested my own money. I've, I've invested my own money in it because I'm not
0: going to the bank. All right. Let's talk about you. You've invested your own money. So... Many entrepreneurs, you know, to start with, they bootstrap, they probably get loans and, and, and you know, some grants from family, friends, whatever. Uh, how did Honeybun over the years fund its, uh, fund its operations? Well, when we started
2: off in 1982, banking was a much friendlier place. Mm-hmm. You know, Derek Rose was our bank manager. And, you know, it was a lot easier to, to do banking through handshakes and relationships. Mm-hmm. No, 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 those are well, Is it, is it
0: about the fact that you know many of these banks are listed, or some of these main ones are listed on the, the stock market, and it's all about, um, you know, profits and and so on? Because it, it's funny to me, and, and I know I'm going you know, in a circle here, but when I think about it, right. I think about the fact that it's easier to get a loan for a car. Definitely. Right? Is it perhaps because if it's repossessed and you can sell it and <laughs> the back's make money? I don't know. Maybe. Um, Maybe. Why? You know, why Why? Yeah. Why is this? And I'm genuinely concerned about this because personally for me, I've never had a challenge getting a loan. Because then there's a flip side where you get a loan so easily, but it's not about how do you manage that money, right? Right. So, um what good is i think the proverbs. there's a proverb that says what good is money in the hands of a fool mm-hmm. right i'm not saying that i'm a fool <laughs> but if you don't know how to handle it well then you know so there there is also that side but we need to strike a balance and i would really want us to to explore you know how can we collectively make that change when we know that you know we are doing as entrepreneurs doing what we need to do but yet the banking sector um is holding the rates. SMEs
2: are going to have to get a strong leader to push mm. this process through
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's not going to work because people who are on a board or working towards it are doing it as a part-time job and you know they have not half interest in it it's gonna to have to be genuine it's gonna to have to be a strong leader who's prepared to speak up say unkind things and get it done
0: Guess what? We have more to share from this enlightening discussion. We wrap things up with Michelle Chung, plus, check out our Vox Pop and Trending Now feature, all on the other side of this break. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur You Zooming In interview with Michelle Chong. Let's zoom in on Michelle. Mm-hmm. As an entrepreneur, this teacher who her husband invited into the business, that moment for you when you sit down and you think to yourself, wow, you know, um, I'm really doing well. I'm really proud of myself. I really like what I'm doing.
2: The moment that I'm thinking of, Henneke, has to do with my recent decision to a leadership consultant, mm-hmm. because I've always been being interested in development of people. I actually studied psychology in university so I could become a counselor. I tricked my dad. He was an old fashioned person. He thought I was doing psychiatry. So he was like, okay. <laughs> it was psychology. Secret is out. <laughs> but he's not around anymore. No. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, so you know, so to see people grow. Mm-hmm. So it's really amazing for me. And my my um leadership consultant she'll be surprised to hear this but I've reached I've arrived I've arrived (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing it you know all the time I'm working with the people the staff and so forth and I want to see them growing I want to see them going into new jobs even when they leave to go into business I'm trying to help them to get their businesses to work I want to see people grow and develop and this is a very strong part of the leadership model that we want people to recognize as being what is going to take jamaica
0: forward what do you want your legacy to be
2: well i don't necessarily need it to be about michelle chong but Mm -hmm. i would like to know that when i'm gone Businesses will have certain models that they can use to succeed,
0: and your foundation would have been and very the foundation instrumental would have been, in that. And
2: that's how I would like to mm-hmm. have that. We would love to also make sure that there's still Honeybun around Sweet. long <laughs> from now, and that they're doing su- they're very successful. We're currently in an expansion phase again because we've utilized the building that we have that we renovated or exp- you know we made it. It introduced two or three new lines mm-hmm. maybe four years ago or three years ago. So we've used utilise that so we need to more space which we have in the pipeline. So we will be expanding and Honeybun will still be around. And That's we'll be a one hundred to the air
0: <laughs> can I sweets so many times sweet. The entrepreneurial you Voice of the people. Well yeah, you have a tighten up certain things, I you mean. Know. You know, you have a tighten up certain things. If you used to party, you have a tight end of certain things. If you used to do certain loose things, you have a tight end up a business. A business is only thing I Um so they have an account, right? And they say, okay, I'm gonna start a... Uh a business. I think they have to sacrifice like, the whole, their whole savings, like maybe it's their life savings, or um, their time, jobs and so on, just to start a business, not knowing if it will go well or not. Losing
3: sales, um, if you're doing service, you know, not getting orders, not getting clients, most of those stuff, and the other risks with having a business. Give time. Uh, personal time. Family. Family. Overall mainly time.
0: Buildings, high prices, and high demands. The rising interest in property ownership has had buyers and sellers caught in the housing price with little regard for costs. Jamaica is experiencing a robust real estate market to say the least, and banks and financial institutions are all here for the profits. Real estate is likely one of the best stable investments one can make on the island, which appreciates over time as a relatively safe financial venture. Prospective homeowners and banks both recognize the earning power of these types of investments, which explains their keen and growing involvement in servicing mortgage loans. But how and why are banks eager to help us secure or dream homes? Let's take a closer look. The selling price for a house, apartment, or land today is possibly the lowest it will ever be. With that said, the mortgage lender stands to gain as a real estate owner who can resell repossessed properties if needs be. This resale is at a higher cost than the cost initially covered in loan disbursement. Also, mortgage lenders charge customers fees, including application fee and periodic maintenance fee. Some banks may offer a mortgage product package with a flat annual fee. Either way, customers are still paying fees outside of repayment of loans. Banks also have the opportunity to promote other financial products throughout the loan process, in order to maximize their revenue. These include home renovation loans, refinance loans, and so on. Since mortgages involve borrowing a significant amount of money, which is usually repaid over decades, banks often like to sell as many mortgage products as possible, which often results in competition between banks for signing up borrowers. Banks also compete for customer deposits which give them the money to lend to borrowers. So they select their interest rates to ensure they remain competitive in both respects. Bank controlled real estate brokerages will most likely become marketing arms for mortgage departments. When this occurs, you can bet that more aggressive targeted marketing strategies will be applied to solicit more and more borrowers looking to finance the purchase of homes. There are pros and cons of using banks as mortgage lenders. You just have to identify the approach that works best for you. More on the entrepreneurial you. Welcome back to the entrepreneurial you.
3: My name is Kimberly Fisher-Williams, and I am the founder and CEO of Authority Care Solutions. I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at the age of 17, so the inspiration came from a desire to not have people suffer what I went through due to the lack of knowledge, aid, or support, especially those suffering from
0: an early
1: age. Tired of waiting in queues for a taxi? Do you find the ambulance
0: services too expensive? Why not try Arthritis care We provide transportation to your doctor appointments. Schedule your visit ahead of time and leave the rest to us. We cater to persons who may need wheelchair access as well as nursing assistance. Book today on our website, www.arthriticarejm.com. care came to life in
3: 2021. COVID was an added burden for those suffering from arthritis where quarantine family members were not able to cater to their loved ones as they would prior to the pandemic. However, people with these physical challenges were now more in need of help than ever before in addition to their desire to stay healthy. Authority Care responded to this need by providing products, aid, support including transportation and education to allow our customers to improve their quality of life. All our products, services, education and support are the things I've benefited from over my 17 years of living with rheumatoid arthritis. Many people look at me and are shocked when I share with them that I suffer from RA. This I attribute to my lifelong lessons and experience overcoming the challenges of living with this disease. In addition to our existing range of services, we have just added non-emergency transportation, This service is a door-to-door service which takes our customers from their home to their doctor's appointment or treatment center in a convenient, reliable, and comfortable way. We have very courteous drivers who will pamper their passengers in many ways. This service includes the use of a wheelchair and a registered nurse assistant. The smiles on my customers' faces are my biggest reward. When my customers call me to share their relief they have gained from either the use of one of our products or the service they receive from booking their transport it really makes this worthwhile for me. Authority care has and continue to change lives every day and of this I am proud. The most challenging things I've had to overcome is the simple challenges of finding professional help in the support service required to get the business started. This ranges from the help with logistics, promotions, and the legal framework within which we have to operate. My dream for the business is to build a world-renowned company that takes a unique look at each arthritic patient and customize a life plan to help rid them of their pain and discomfort associated with the disease. We are now a discount partner of CCRP Group where all the members get a 10% discount when they shop with us. We can be contacted at 876-423-5842 or visit our website at www.authoritycarejm.com.
1: many people tend to make the big mistake of is that they start businesses that were never going to be highly profitable from the very start so they start businesses and they put so much effort months or years into businesses that were going to fail for instance like one of my clients came to me after trying to make a jewelry business for over a year and she just she never made more than about a hundred dollars a month another client came to me same kind a story trying to do a a lesson plan business an online lesson plan business i don't think she made over twenty dollars a month and or people get they think they are going to start a blog this Just so common. Moms think they're going to start blogs, and what they don't because they hear, "Oh, this blogger makes a lot of money," and what they don't understand is there's a half a billion bloggers out now, and even the top professionals. uh, The stats elude me right now, but I think about eighty four percent of bloggers make less than one hundred and five dollars a month. Only like the top of the top and work, including people with teams and things like that, make a livable wage, 8% make a livable wage. And that's considered, I think over two or 3000 a month. So we're not talking high profit for the time spent. This is a lot of effort. People think they're going to start a YouTube channel. You can't monetize till there's 10,000 subscribers now. So you're putting out so many hours of content just to get to the point where you can even start making money. You need 10,000 subscribers to even make a penny now on YouTube. So this is just an example of low profit for the time spent. So the way to shift it to high profit for the time spent is to take your existing skills, talents, and gifts, and we all have them. I could go into another mistake that I see a lot, but I'm going to stick with this right now and what we're doing right. You take your existing talents, skills, and gifts. You could have learned this from your mom previous job. It's something natural that comes to you. It's so natural that you don't even realize it's a talent and people will pay you to learn it. And I measure that on my profitability index that I have made over 13 years of business coaching to make sure that it is a high profit for the time spent business. I'll give an example. One of my clients, She came to me with so many offerings, but she wasn't getting consistent clients. And when she was, they were about in the $200 range. She had offerings from $47 all the way up to a couple thousand dollars. So the easiest thing that we did was look at her offers, see what she enjoyed, and then pick the more profitable ones. And then really, really brand her for those high profit businesses. And guess what? Clients started coming in to her for that because when she was offering all those offers because she didn't want to take away clients she wanted to be able to serve so many people people didn't trust her i personally would not want to spend $2,000 on someone who is offering like 10 other things, one thing starting at $47, all in different areas. It would make me feel like they don't, they're not the true expert at the higher end area. So this is an example of picking your most profitable and pleasurable and purposeful skills, talents, or gifts that you can make the most money from and really going deep into that in order to create that high profit business.
0: Thanks so much to my guest, Michelle Chung, for spending time with me today, sharing story. I leave with you this word of hope for today, I has not seen, he has not heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has in store for those who love him. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. Take care. Join us next week for another set of thought-provoking conversations with leaders. Captivating features and an opportunity to unleash the entrepreneurial spirit in you. Thank you so much for listening to the Entrepreneurial You podcast. I do hope to catch you next week. But until then, make sure that you visit hennikawadkesporter.com where you can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value... In the entrepreneurial you, I'd appreciate if you leave a rate and review on Apple, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, and that would help me out a bit too. So, you might also want to check out my ebook, How to Start a Podcast for Beginners. It's completely free. All you have to do is go to the the website and just follow the instructions once the pop-up comes there and you'll be good to go. I want you to know that I'm available for podcast production, hosting, and private coaching to conduct podcast workshops or simply to speak at your event. All you have to do is send me a message via the contact form or via WhatsApp and I'll be happy to connect with you. Do take care.